The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 94 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colati, at Gelati, LOL, on Twitter. With me tonight, we have John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? Chris Chung at Prime, LOL. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> We've got... Well, we are without... Josh Roberts, uh, as many of you know, he's been impacted by the storms here, and he's been off and on with the power and internet, so uh, he's going to be out tonight, but seems like he's doing well and is safe, so that's good. And in his stead, filling in for the evening, we've got Alan Moser, better known as ex-Ghost Rider on Twitter. What's going on, Alan? How's it going? Crown Shot's true number one fan has arrived. Oh, wow. All right, so... Shade already being thrown at Josh. This is this is going to be excellent. This is excellent. So, for those that don't know, um, Alan is uh, one of our colleagues at the esports department. He is one of the hosts of the Infinity Edge podcast, and we've had one Alan from the Infinity Edge podcast on a couple times already. But this is going to be Alan's first time around on the Gold Card podcast. So, welcome to the Gold Card. Excited to be here. All right, cool. So, huh. We kind of just got like this weird news dump right before we went live, and we are kind of going to do like a live reaction to it, even though we kind of like for five seconds talked through these. But itinerary for tonight is we're going to talk through the news pieces. There's a couple big ones that we just got, and a couple other ones that we're going to get to. Uh, LCK week five, uh, LEC week five as well, and then the LCS week three. Um, yeah, so. How how how's your week been so far? How was your weekend in LCS and LEC? No, none of the Eastern leagues this week. Was, did you guys enjoy your time off, or was it was it uh, as much of a nightmare as it was for me? I've been tasked uh, by Robert since he's not going to be here. I've been tasked with double tilting uh, Dignitas. God damn it, dude! Three <laughs> wins for Dignitas. Are you kidding me? In these matchups, are you kidding me? I'm so mad. I'm like. I don't know if I've ever been more all in against one team in a weekend. Like in a weekend, slate, okay. On, yeah, yeah. On I was going to say you've I been more all in against certain teams before. For a whole, like for one weekend period, I was like so all in against Dignitas, like in cash every day in, in DraftKings, betting against them every day. You just had parlay, zero exposure the entire weekend. <laughs> oh, I, I had literal zero exposure to their opponents to Dignitas all weekend, and I had a heavy exposure to their opponents every day. And somehow just, you know, I was looking up world odds for Dignitas by the end of the weekend. Somehow these guys are just unbeatable. You just can't stop Dignitas somehow. Just, just you know, fate God. You know, what are you going to do? Dude, I will. So here's the I – mean, we're going to talk about them once we get to the LCS portion of the show. But they're playing well right now. Fate God in particular has been, like, the best he's ever looked. They might not win another game the whole split. I, now listen, I'm also in on that, but I'll you know I'll, I'll give them I'm gonna give them a the tiniest little golf clap, like it's barely audible. 
barely audible. It sounds like something else. I'm going to stop doing that right now. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, it's kind of weird. I guess, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll we'll dive into Dignitas when we get to the NA section. But, uh, Alan, how about you? How was, how was your weekend? Uh, going pretty well. I've been tilting a little bit of DFS on the Infinity Edge podcast over there. But, <laughs> overall, things are going good. Chris, how about you? Broke. I'm broke. <laughs> I dug myself a grave. Did the LCS break you? It's the LCS so broke you? <laughs> the I LCS. I have a feeling the LCS blew a lot of people out this weekend. The LEC was kind to me, though, so I was able to float around. But the LCS, damn. Oh, yeah. Vitality losing twice didn't help me either. Vitality <laughs> losing twice and Dignitas winning three times. It was just one of them was, weekends, uh, huh, Yeah, that was a wombo <laughs> combo of unhappiness that happened there. <laughs> and then Sand and Sandbox this morning, right? And that was the other one. Yeah. Just to, just You thought you were out of it. The weekend was over. It was it was two days ago. You were like, okay, fresh start, a couple days off, new week. No, immediately immediately back to getting owns. Like, just brutal. Just brutal. Oh, man. So, yeah, it was a weird weekend. Uh, it was, and I think maybe it was amplified because there weren't the Eastern Leagues. So, like, all eyes were on the Western Leagues, which made it even worse to have a losing weekend on it. It's like, psychologically, anyway. Uh, it was brutal. So, one other piece of news for the LCS, and then we'll, we'll, we'll discuss all the teams and everything when we get to that part. But Broxa has arrived. He will be playing. Well, he hasn't arrived, literally. But his visa got cleared. He will be here and ready to play on Saturday. So, nothing on Friday for CLG, but Broxa will be in the lineup on Saturday. I have no idea how practiced, how they're going to look, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to LCS later on. I just wanted to announce that at the top. LPL starts up again on Monday. Don't forget. 22nd. For whatever purposes, it is there, and it starts up again. Right before we came on tonight, we got a rather large news dump of all the LCK eligibility cha- changes. So for those that don't know, I've, I've explained this a bunch in the, in the sports department discord, which is free by the way, and you should check it out. It's always constant, especially during the season. It's al- always, always something to talk about. Always somebody on this. It's, that's actually awesome. It's, it's, a, it's great to have someone there to shoot the shit with at all times. But I talked a lot about this in the sports department discord. So the way the LCK works is they have windows where you're eligible to change your roster. Like, your roster, like, locks for a portion of the season. So it locks right before the season starts, and then it unlocks, and you can make any changes, and then it relocks again the second you play your second-round robin game. I think a lot there was a little bit of confusion with Sandbox announcing Prince. They picked up Prince from Fun Plus Phoenix, uh, and a lot of people thought that he was maybe going to play this morning, but technically... They took the break, the week break for Chinese New Year, and that was only eight out of the nine matches in the first round robin. So there's technically there's one more match of the of the first round robin for each of these teams to get through, and then these players will all be eligible to play, uh, unless they were in the organization already. Then it's it's different. Like if they were designated as a sub already, then they're eligible to play. So um, that's the way that works. Um, so in the obvious one right off the top here. We just got a whole bunch of these. The Prince one we knew about. So uh, Prince to Sandbox. The thing we didn't know about that we just read is that Root and Leo 
have not been designated to challenger, and they have not been designated subs. They are just completely off the team, apparently. That's kind of wild to me. I mean, it's it's rare that you see, like, they've been playing. They played this morning. And they're just completely off, and they're just going to be riding with Prince from here on forward. Now, for those that don't know, Prince is no stranger to the LCK. He came up in Korea. I was on Spear. played for a couple different organizations. So this, it's not completely new, but a little bit of a sudden move, but I mean, you're 2-7, and seven, so I guess there's that. What do, you, what, do you, what do you guys think of this, John? Yeah, it seems like uh, really hard committing to to Prince there. Like not even keeping around a Root or a Leo as a backup in case you know something's not gelling well or something like that. I mean, we have seen Prince before when he was named Ares, and a little bit when he was named Jaguar. Um, but he's like he's been solid, but not like insanely good. I mean, he was on the team that won Challengers Korea, so that's always exciting. But it's not you know he didn't blow the doors off the few times we've seen him in the LCK. So it's a little surprising that they didn't keep a second option in there somewhere, you know, but they seem pretty, they seem pretty set on it and I'm sure he's ready. I don't know. I guess maybe he thought that FPX was going to get rid of LWX this split and he was just going to walk in and join the team this split. And then LWX has been playing pretty well. So that didn't happen. I don't know exactly, but uh, yeah, I've probably a good thing. He's probably better than Root and Leo, I would think. Yeah. What do you, what, Alan, what, Al, any thoughts on, any thoughts on Prince? Are you just kind of in a, like a wait and see mode for him? Kind of in a wait and see. I assume things must be going really good for him for the short time he's been over there for them to probably plug him in at the beginning there. I'm wondering, do you think uh, they told Root that it was going to be like his last game this morning? Because that seems all of a sudden to kind of put him in that position. I don't know if they did, but that's, yeah, it's a little hairy to put someone in that spot. That's like, you'd know. think they would have told him. You know, two weeks ago or whatever. Whenever they signed Prince, you would have told them. You would have think they told them, but if, yeah, if they, they told him this morning or something, that's a super douche move. It's pretty scummy. I mean, he. I'm assuming he got paid already, so it's not a huge deal. But it is. I, I'm with you. Like that's kind of. That's not a good look for your org. If that's what happened, we don't know if that's what happened. But if that's what happened, that's not a good look for the org. And you got to think like a lot of these players that are like on the cusp, maybe reconsider things. They have choice between Sandbox and another org, maybe, you know, something like that. Chris, any thoughts on Prince? Yeah, I haven't seen him play, but really, team needs uh, some new, fresh anything. <laughs> Just try something. Uh, might as well go with Fresh Prince. Ah, ah I get it. I was going to I was gonna make a Wind Doves cry joke for when they play KT, but that was a different... Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be able to handle not making Prince jokes the rest of forever with this, but is what it is. Um, we also got – I'm just, I didn't even have time to add these to the sheet. I'm just pulling them off of uh, Kenzie's Twitter here. Uh, no changes for DRX. No changes for Fred Aprion, although they did add Yaharong last week, but that was last week. Um, DK bring up Rongjun. It's mid laner. Don't know too much. Haven't really watched too much. And Afrika promoted a support Mapsy and then demoted Keeney, the mid laner from APK last split. And then there was one other one. Oh, the other big one was KT Rolster. So KT Rolster, <clears throat> uh, I think it's designated for substitution if I'm reading the translations right. Uh, Bonnie and Blank, both junglers, and Gideon is now promoted and is looking like he's going to start. So... 
We kind of were expecting Gideon. That, we'll just go on KT because KT. That's the that's the other big one that's like roster impacting in terms of like starters for fantasy purposes for for all sorts of stuff. So, um, Gideon, uh, maybe the best prospect in Korea, uh, if, like coming up through the challenger system in Korea. There's a couple good ones playing in the LDL, but uh, he's for my money he's the best prospect in Korea. Like amazing player. We were looking forward to seeing him in the beginning of the season. We kind of figured that the veterans would play for a little bit and then he would get incorporated. But uh, Bonnie and Blank just, you know, played for most of the split, played for all the split so far. I'm excited for this, but I do kind of feel bad because Bonnie and Blank haven't been particularly bad to me. Do you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, UCAL, UCAL hard through yesterday. Well, I thought Blank was good for the most part. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure that fixing the jungle fixes the team, kind of like what you're saying. Like, yeah. even if Gideon's significantly better, I'm not necessarily sure that makes KT, like, a significantly better team. So we'll just have to see how it goes, see see how good he looks. And, you know, if he if he's giving Piosic-level performances, then, yeah, maybe you can, can move him up a little bit. What about you, Alan? Yeah, this feels like a just trying a situation out and see what they have at this point. I know they're in the middle of the standings right now for the LCK, but might as well see what you have since you have to lock them in. Yeah, I think so. Um, Chris, excited for Gideon? Well, it's a weird time to switch, switch yeah, out. Because they're like in the heat. Like that's what that's right. like they're in competition for playoff spots. This is so mm-hmm. bizarre to me. <laughs> So let's uh, hope the best for them. They they showed up well this morning, but still not enough to be considered like a serious contender. But we'll see what this brings because they 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 beat T one with Blank and Bonnie. I think it was Blank, but that's uh, that that gave you a sense that they were headed in the right direction. And now this is a completely different uh, jungler, which junglers are important in this meta. So it's a weird timing. Everything's just weird. Yeah, it's uh, a couple of these are really bizarre. Like, I, I'll just touch one more on the sandbox thing real quick. Like, the Root and Leo have graded out as like ten and eleven at eighty carry in the LCK for me. But I don't. They haven't like stuck out as particularly bad. They just haven't elevated anything. Like they haven't. They haven't been above replacement value. So, in a weird way, like. I, I kind of think Sandbox's issues aren't individual player issues. It's how they're – it's their mid and late game decision-making is terrible. Let's straight up. Like, they just – they've had a little bit of bad luck, but they've also had some situations that were, like, 100% their fault, like this morning. The game one this morning was 100% their fault. They absolutely did not need to be doing – they didn't need to group us five with their split push comp to take the mid inhibitor. That's, like, liter- that's like literally the worst thing you can do with a split burst comp is five on the mid and hit. You do five on bottom or top because it's away from stuff, or you split. You never group as five. And they just, like, handed it to them. But those kind of decisions are what's what's plaguing Sandbox. Maybe Prince brings some leadership. Who knows? That does Just because he's a new player doesn't necessarily mean he can't be, you know, an in-game leader. We saw that with BB God last year. Clearly, Piosek is a wizard of some sort because <laughs> he's doing some crazy things. Um, yeah, so couple big big moves there. Um, I guess we'll go right into the LCK. Uh, it, was there any other news I missed out on that's, like, popping into your head? No. Not really. We're still not seeing Poe Belter moving up to the main stage, which I think is interesting. Just a tiny thing that we never have seen him go up at all. 
Yeah. Uh, I was kind of thinking maybe this might be a week with how badly CLG's main roster has been doing, then maybe they might throw him up there. But uh, no, I'm just it's still interested to still see him down there. So weird. Can he do? They can do both, right? They just usually don't. It's weird. That whole situation is bizarre, right? It's there's a lot of hearsay, there's a lot of accusations, there's a lot of speculation, but oh, we've we've had a lot of long conversations about this in the Discord too, so. All right, let's get right into the slate then. Uh, no LPL this week. Again, just a reminder that starts back up on Monday. But we do have the second half of week five in the LCK. So this morning we had Brion and Sandbox and KT and Damwon played a, just a Ringling Brothers Circus kind of series. <laughs> and especially the first two games were all over the place. Maybe maybe a little bit too much partying in the LC, in for the Chinese New Year. Maybe a little too much partying for the a, holiday. <laughs> it definitely a looks wild that way. There. Just thirty two kills for KT in game one. That's all. <laughs> they have what was it? They had like fifty kills or something in the first two games, right? There's like yeah, they got thirty two in game one, and then I think like fifteen or sixteen in game two or something. Just bonkers. You like never see that in the LCK. You do, I guess, you do see that once in a while, but it's very few and far between to have two in a row, like two games like that in a row. So, well, talking about thirty-two kills, they can't even get by for thirty-two kills. Sometimes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like one team getting it is usually like you get like two of those a season. So, uh, Friday we've got DRX plus two hundred three. T1 minus 250. We'll say T1 to sweeps at plus 125. I like to look at different teams coming out of a break different ways. And I, I know you do too, Gelati. Mm-hmm. Does this feel like when T1 just gets it together here? This yeah. feels like when T1 gets it together for me after a little break here, figure out what they want to do with the roster. I, we've, we've talked ad nauseum about DRX being extremely overrated given the statistics they have. I think this is the T1 minus 1.5 for me. Yeah. Uh, T1 minus one and a half at a uh, plus 125. Chris. Yeah, I agree. I think this is the time where they take things seriously. It seems they have a bit more settled with, uh, hopefully we'll see more faker back mid, but it's the jungle and the ADC position that I'm kind of curious about. I know they have a plan for Gumayushi to continue, I think. Or maybe they bring back Teddy. Like. Who knows? Seems like. But they said they have these, it's a strategy thing when they bring out the brings out so for at least for dfs purpose just continue to be a uh, watch instead of uh, taking too big of a risk there but this uh like john said i i'm on the uh, minus 1.5 yeah i'll throw alan like does this change for you at all if closer's in the lineup are you less confident on it or do you still think even with closer in the lineup this is a sweep situation no i think closer's shown that he's pretty damn good for a rookie last year um uh, it does seem, as I've heard from other people say, that the team's a little bit different with Closer in and Faker in. Faker, they're probably a little bit more reserved and don't want to mess up when Big Dad's in the room. But Closer, everything's on the table. Like, let's go. <laughs> Big Daddy Faker's in the room. <laughs> it's too good. That might need to be the episode title. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I- I'm like a little less confident with Closer in just because they're wild. Like, when he's playing for whatever – we've talked about this a bunch. Like, they're just higher variances. Like, it's, they're not bad. They're still a very good team. They're just higher variance when he's in. So, like, I could see them doing something like Sandbox did today. 
Like, closer just trying to style. It feels like he's always trying to prove himself. Do you guys get that vibe? Like, he overplays so, so hard. It feels like leader. A lot like leader. Yeah. Very much the same. Very talented player, but plays, like, a lot more aggressive picks and oftentimes goes a little harder than they need to. Like, they're trying to show off or solo queue mentality. Yeah, it's like a blessing and a curse because it's, like, what allows allows him to have the confidence to solo kill Chovy, right? And then it's also, like, what loses them a bunch of games. Like, not, maybe not directly a single play, but a play happens and that cascades into a bunch of things that, that end up losing them a game, right? So, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, I think, I think, I think T1 sweep this regardless. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to continue fading the RX. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm so against, like, I can't, I can't, I look at it and it's lying to me. Everything's lying to me. This team is bullshit. Like there's the most, the most fraudulent team maybe that I've ever seen. So yeah, give me give me all the T one. KT Rolster, minus two seventy eight against Brion, Fredrick Brion, plus two twenty three. We'll say Brion to take games minus one eighty nine. So again, KT will be playing with Gideon in this series. Obviously very important to know these these roster changes. Is that a catalyst for Brion here? Because Umpty's been pretty good this season. Yeah, Umti hasn't been bad. I think if I end up betting this game, it's going to be the KT minus one point five as well. I still, I'm not buying Brion, even with their win against Sandbox yeah, last neither. night. <clears throat> me neither. I'm not buying Brion, and uh, I think KT was very good last night, honestly. And with it supposedly changing up the roster in a positive way, we don't know for sure. But if it's if it's going to be a positive change to the roster, uh, I think they're they'll be looking good against Brion. Yeah, Brion and DRX just highly fraudulent. They're, they're good enough to beat you if you screw up. So I guess that's a certain threshold, right? What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, that, that goes with that same idea. Breon uh, did not look like a good team. They were behind or even in gold, even with all their kills. It just feels like they just resorted to the lowest level of League of Legends and got away with it this morning. So I was like, nope, nope, this is not consistent. I feel like Breon uh, literally just death ball. And then, like, if the other team screws up, they win. It's like, they just, like, they just turtle up, and they let other teams beat themselves. And in January and February, that works. I mean, FlyQuest did it in North America for a whole season. Yes. So, like, maybe maybe this is just a thing. DRX That's are doing the I'm same saying. exact thing. That's what I'm saying. I've been seeing these, like, teams that are lower in the, in the rankings, and they're just devolving down to solo queue. It's, and I've been playing a lot of run solo queue, so I know what that looks like. <laughs> looks just like what you saw this morning. Alan, do you, do you trust KT enough, one, with the roster change, and two, to not screw up against Brion? I trust KT, but I hate Fred Brion with a passion. Yeah. Because every time I look at their matchups, I'm like, there's no way in hell they're winning this. But they did beat damn one. <laughs> yeah, it's like the... the... And that little, that little bit in my head is just like, damn it. That was like the worst thing for them to win, wasn't it? Because now it's like you, you've literally seen the apex of this team. They will never be that good ever again. But it's always going to be in the back of your mind. It's the worst. I'm trying to think. There was like an NFL example of that this year. Oh, my God. Maybe it was – I don't know. I'm going to forget. But I don't know if I trust KT to sweep this. You're going to have Gideon getting his feet under him. It's going to be his first games. KT haven't exactly been the cleanest team. They've been better than a lot of teams, but I don't know if I, I – I'm going to have to look at this one. This is probably like a pass or maybe KT money line. I don't know. 
It's a little little weird feeling for me. Saturday. Oh, man, here we go. So we got Nongshim plus 343, Gen G minus 455. Gen G to sweep is at minus 135. Does this feel like sub alert? Yeah, you could, you could definitely see subs in this game, I would think. But I'm not sure I really want to get in on either side of this. I'm not sure that I think that Genji loses with subs. I've been really unimpressed with Nongshim after being really high on them coming into the season. Yeah. So. I was I, I I wrote a lot about Nongshim uh, yesterday or not yesterday for they play tomorrow I think it is I just wrote on it so I guess it is tomorrow but um they're they're weird because if you look at their like economy numbers they're not bad but they just don't do anything so it's kind of it feels like they're mid gapped in every single game. We've been saying this all season long, but Bay's just not cutting. I'm honestly shocked that they didn't bring someone in. Like I'm looking through these roster moves, and there's nothing. There's nothing for for um, for Nongshim. So it looks like they're riding with Bay here. I don't know, is that a good thing, or are they just going to be gapped the rest of the season? Yeah, I don't know. Don't see anything that gives me any excitement. Not in this matchup particularly, and I don't see of any value here either. <laughs> I'm gonna see, so Genji plays tomorrow. If they come out and just lay a whooping on Afrika or something like that, I I could be convinced to take them. I mean, it's gonna cost you more at the time, but if if they come out and just lay it on Afrika to the, like tomorrow and look like Genji of summer, then I could maybe see picking them to sweep here. Hanwha, we got plus 318 against Damwon Gaming, minus 417. Damwon to sweep is at minus 122. This is a tough one for me. Has I'm not sure that I really think that Damwon has earned a minus 417 against the other, like some of the other near top teams in the LCK. Like, I think they've, they've been the best team in the LCK, but I'm not sure they've earned a minus 417. Yeah. Like, last year they, they had earned a minus 417 against everybody. This year I feel like they're just a bit better than everybody else, and Hanwha's been... All over the place. Like, definitely capable of beating the other top teams, but have, capable of losing to just anybody on a given day. So, yeah. I don't know. I have to put in at least a consideration for Hanwha at plus 318, I think. Hanwha are, like, the most souped-up version of Rogue Warriors you've ever seen. Like, twenty like twenty twenty Rogue Warriors. They're just, like, souped. Like, that. They're just, better, they're just a better version of that. They just fight all the time. Like, I've been doing a lot of work with, like, trying to basically take out the variance of kills and figure out how that impacts things and how predictive that is and everything. And Hanwha's, like, kill agnostic economy is terrible. It's awful. But it's also because they're getting, like, LPL-level kills per game. They're, they're, they're just constantly fighting at all times. They're always skirmishing. Arthur and Chovy are outplaying, like, every situation. And they... Just try to skirm like they try to skirmish. They try to keep the game fast paced. It's kind of fun to see Chovy playing in this this setting after you know spending two years in a CV Max system, which is very much the opposite, right? So it's all it's all about pressure and and an up tempo play, but not through violence. Essentially, it's it's all about it's all about pressure points, holding a spot on the map, managing waves, and then letting the jungler do all the work. In this case, it's just Chovy and Arthur just bowling out every game. So, I don't know. What do, what do you guys, Alan? What do you think on this one? Is this too much money for Damwon? Are they 
just looking shaky here and there, is that enough to, to rock your confidence, or are they still just the class of the LC, or LCK? Yeah, it is. I mean, I like Hanwha here, definitely. Uh, I think I feel more safer taking the plus 1.5, but I'm not as ingrained in the betting world. Is minus 109 like a bad number for that? No, that's it's close to even money. It's like a football spread. So yeah, I, I think I would I think I would do that for them to take a game. I can see Dan one dropping one here. I have like seeing Chovy and Arthur popping off since they're on the LCK team for my season long, but yeah, hopefully oh. they can pick up a game. Oh, that was a good pickup. The sandbox that, what, sandbox let me down this morning though. Oh. That's pretty sad. Oh, you too. So everyone, sandbox just letting everyone down. Yep. This is like when you had the sandbox as a kid and the cats just shit in it, and that was. The... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chris, thoughts on this one? I am probably gonna be on Damwon here. This is this this that like you said, right? This is a value play. The numbers don't really give me. It's weird because I know at the end of the day, Dam One has every chance to win, but they just don't look. You don't feel good about yeah. them. That that's that's performing. that's been the issue with them this year, right? Yeah, and that's ah. yeah. You either bet on Hanwa or you don't play this at all. Let's see. I'm going against you guys. I'll oh, probably I'll probably be on Dam One here. Um, Afrika plus one fourteen. Dragon X or DRX is not Dragon X. It's technically DRX now. Sorry, DRX minus one thirty-seven. Give me a freak. We're all in, Gelati. I was just betting this. I was betting this while you were talking about the last matchup. I popped over. I'm so done with this team, dude. Maybe we should just wait until game time because, like, they have like multiple days to build up bad juju. You know, we're just like getting. It's we're the superstition card podcast now. That's that's what's going on here. So. You know, I'm just not going to talk. I don't. I don't even know if I want to talk about this one. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it. I mean, Freaky just has better stats than DRX. That's just all. That's just all you need to say. They're underdogs. They have better stats in in most metrics. So did Live Sandbox against Fredbrion last night. So you know, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Sandbox was laying one ninety two though. That's the difference. True. Yeah. It is. Uh. It's all just playing roulette as far as I'm concerned when you're investing. <laughs> The LCK is the new like gamblers paradise. I don't. The LPL feels like it's it's all within normality. To me. Yeah, it's, LCK, it's ass it backwards now, right? Like, what is going on? The LCK makes, is like everybody's Invictus. Like, what is going on? Yes, now? dude. If you can like find any good value, like plus five hundred, plus one thousand, you just hit on it, and yeah. you have a fifty-fifty chance oh, man, of hitting it. Oh, man, it's like I don't know. I kind of was trying to explore this to, in in today's article too. Like, I kind of did it as it pertains to to my like how I what I've been on this year. But for the LCK in general, it still feels to me like it's it's like an eighty twenty split of like the good teams and or favorites in a lot of these situations and or the team that's ahead in the game in any specific game playing very poorly rather than like any of these underdogs particularly overperforming or doing something crazy on defense that like the other teams can't solve. It feels like it's been mostly just mistakes that are leading to these wins more than anything that these teams are doing to generate advantages on their own. Have you noticed, uh, and I'm not even necessarily saying this is a real trend, but just something that kind of popped out in my brain when I was watching games. I feel like I've seen a lot more games this season lost by one person making one stupid play yeah. than I normally see. 
just like some guy getting caught in the river and then the game's over. Like they yeah. just pick him and then they run it down mid and kill the team, you know? Absolutely. It's, I think I've seen more of that this season than I'm, than I'm used to seeing a lot of games where I was like, Oh, this is going to be a close one. This dragon fight's going to decide it. And then some guy just gets caught out like over by the dragon pit. 45 yeah. seconds before the dragon spawns and the game's over. I do think that that's kind of a symptom of the time of year. Like like the first half of spring pretty much every year is like this where I mean look look at last year, right? Damwon had what they started like 2 and 5 last year in spring and they ended up being the best team ever by by summer. So sometimes it's just rust. Some teams are good in spring. There's not always a rhyme or reason to it, but I've no. You're right. I'm with you. Like I don't know if it's just that I've had positions and been burned by it a bunch of times. It's probably sticking out in my head for that reason too. But there's definitely more of that that happens early in the year. I think it also definitely sticks out more in the best of one regions because you only see two or three games a week from those teams as well. So I mean, Vitality and Sandbox are like perfect examples of this. Like you look at the numbers, you look at the individual numbers as well. They're clearly better than their record. But at some point, you do have to get it done. It just looks really wild over over the sample we have so far. So it's still, yeah, I don't know. Do, do you feel the same way? Like that it feels like it's more like the teams that are winning and the favorites. Like It feels more like mistake-driven than, than uh, process-driven, doesn't it? Yeah, I think those two yeah. things go hand-to-hand. Oh, go ahead, Alan. No, yeah, it feels like everyone's waiting for the other team to make a mistake instead of making their own advantages. Yeah. I Just in the LCS, I still think it's crazy that we see teams go to a dragon pit and they're just the stare down, right? And everyone just usually walks away unhinged. is like, oh, I, st- I, stole the- I stole the dragon from you, and they just go back to farming. Like, it's yeah. the most tilting thing ever. It's like, you're there, you set up for this for the last five minutes, get in there and fight. Yeah, it's like this weird, it's like this weird dance. And they're like flirting with each other at prom, and then everyone's like, oh, "Yeah, I'm good." And, just, <laughs> and so, somebody somebody ends up with an extra drink in their hand or something. I don't know, but like, it's it is weird. I do think part of the reason you see this, and maybe you can chime in on this too, Chris. Like, I think part of the reason you see this so often early in the season is because it's easier. It's easier to play that style, like for, it's easier in terms of like you know operations that you have to do in your head when you're playing any kind of tempo based uh approach to the game it's all about timing it's all about being sharp in your windows right hitting everything on time and closing out cleanly and you have a lot less margin for error so that's why you a lot of times when you see these teams that are playing on these razor thin margins I mean, Invictus kind of stick out to me because they're the ones that literally don't even draft. They don't even draft a team comp. They just draft to win all three lanes, and if they win all three lanes, they win. That's what they do, right? But you have teams like 100 Thieves, right? When you play that style, it's real easy to look dumb, even though I personally think it's better to be doing that from the start because it's a lot easier to go back to doing it the other way than to learn forward, in other words. Like, I think it's easier when you have that foundation, because I think it's easier to go backwards than to all of a sudden become a tempo team, or become an up, you know, become a team that's pushing advantages. It's a lot easier and a lot simpler. It doesn't get easier. By the time the teams are good at closing, it's not easier to play that style. That's what that's what ends up happening by the end of the season. But early in the season, it's really easy to just be like, okay, we're just going to lane phase and chill. We're going to scale up. We're going to draft a team comp that's got better scaling, and if we get snowballed on, then so be it. 
right? And it feels like every league is doing that right now. And the teams that look super good are the teams that are up-tempo teams that can actually close a game, right? Like like Fnatic, G2, Cloud9. Um, I mean, Damwon still, even though they've had a couple hiccups. Fun Plus Phoenix, Rogue, 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 yeah, like RNG, EDG. Like, all these teams are teams that can do that and close cleanly. And even most of them have had moments where they look dumb, right? So... I do think that's that's kind of cooked into why all this stuff happens and why this happens earlier in the season and not as much later. Because when you play to not make mistakes and teams make mistakes because it's early in the year and people are less polished, that's just going to happen, right? So I do think you need to keep that in consideration, but I, I definitely feel you, Josh. There's a lot of weird weirdness that's going on. I totally got backtracked there. Uh, sandbox... Plus 293, T1 minus 370. I don't think I'm trusting Sandbox on, again in that matchup. I'm uh, I'm pretty happy to fade that one, I think. This is when I was going to bet. If I was going to bet, it would be T1 minus 1.5, but I don't think I'm messing with that game. I think this is if Faker's in, you bet T1 to 2-0. If Faker's out, you do T1 money line and kill overs. That's, that's, how, I've been, that's how I've been tackling it. What do you think, Chris? I'm I'm trying to look into the numbers from compared to the other odds. I just find it weird that I guess it's not that weird that, that the books are more confident that Genji sweep Nongshim than T1 sweeping Sandbox. This iteration of Sandbox. That's yeah. that's the only value here. But yeah, it's a little weird. This looking at this now. Yeah, they're like more confident in Damwon to sweep Hamla. That's a little like I guess that's a, a way to ask this question. Not very, not by much, but a little bit. So uh, T one money line. I'm about it. I know laying three seventy is boring, but I mean if closers in, maybe I'm a little less bullish on that prospect. All right, that's it for the LSEK. Any other thoughts, questions, comments, concerns? I don't know who we. Is there anybody we haven't seen or the, who's tired of the LSEK man? Bring the LPL back. I started playing two game LPL or two game LCK slates on DraftKings. I only had to play one of them, and I already don't want to ever play one again. <laughs> Please bring the LPL back. I'm tired. The of LPL it. went away, and the LCK picked up the LPL slack with those high kill games this morning. Yeah, apparently. True. True. Did somebody send an MO to the teams. They're like, "Hey, listen, here's a check your fax machine." You know, because they still use those. They're like, "Listen, <laughs> check your check your your Venmo." Just jack the kill totals up. Everybody play solo queue for a couple games. Coaches leave the room. No one's allowed to be in there. Don't draft for them or anything. Just just stand there on camera so everyone knows. Um, LEC or LCS? What do we want to do next? Just go in order, Gelati. Makes it everything so much God easier. Damn it. I'm going to like have to write it down in a different order next time because you're absolutely right. LEC week five. Takeaways from week four before we do that? G2 is, like, way better than Rogue, as evidenced by that game. Uh, not, it was not never close. Sorry to all you Rogue backers. By the, uh, way, by the way, G2 tried to lose that game. They tried <laughs> yeah. really hard to lose that game a couple times. They clowned around a little too much. I was pretty all in on G2 that day, so it yeah. was a nice vindicator because I know a lot yeah. of people were on Rogue. So it was a nice nice win there against the crowd. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see G2 losing the LEC. That's my big takeaway from from last week. They look really, really good. Hot take: G two look good. 
I don't know what else there is to say. That it's we're just gonna have to talk about it in context of the numbers, I think, because we got some juicy ones this week as well. So, Shalka with a weird loss last weekend, but that it was like very on brand for them, right? Just weird, weird wins, weird losses. Sometimes they look amazing, then they anyway. Shalka minus one sixty four against SK Gaming plus one twenty four. So. SK continue to be like fine. They're okay. That's that's SK all I got. Is my, SK is my team that I'm bearish on in the in the LEC. I think they're gonna they're gonna fall down. Ninth I like Shulky here at minus minus one sixty four. Ninth place for SK. Yeah, I think they're gonna end up right down there at the very bottom of the league with Astralis. Who's worse? Astralis is worse. Astralis. It looks pretty good. No, nah, Astralis with Magic Felix. We'll we'll talk about that in a second because I have some comments on that. Um, anybody on everybody on Shalka here? No SK love. Shalka do kind of have a tendency to to lose games randomly, but I think they got their losses out of the way for a bit. It should bounce back. You know what? Whichever way I I, I go in DFS with this one, I'll be wrong. That's just <laughs> the Shalka for me. I think this is a good enough number for Shalka. This is a this looks like an overreaction to me. But I could be wrong. Give me Shalka minus 164. That might be pick of the week level. Mad Lions minus 179. Excel Esports plus 133. Excel are slowly piecing together. And I say slowly because that's what they do. Excel are fly questing really hard right now. Do you feel the same way? They're DRXing. They're fly quest. All right. I don't want to call them DRX. They're better than DRX, like relative to their league. But they're fly questing pretty hard right now. But I like teams that have their identity set like that. I do. I, I think XL's started to look pretty good. They've looked kind of like where I expected them at the beginning of the season. Like maybe a little bit lower, like a fifth place team. They're looking somewhere right in that fifth, sixth place range. Um, Mad Lions. I'm very worried about Mad Lions. <clears throat> Even though they got a nice win uh, last weekend against Shalka to help me win the pick of the week there. Uh, I'm very worried about them. I don't know why they're why Carzy looks so bad. He looked very good last year, like very good, and this yeah. year he's been very bad. I don't know if it's all meta dependent or if he just let it get to his head and hasn't been practicing as much or hasn't been taking it as seriously. But it's been very worrisome. And Elioya has been fine, but not. Elioya has been pretty fighting. good. I think he's. Yeah, been, I, think, I think he's been the best player on the team. I think Humanoid's been the best player on the team. Like the top personally. side's fine. The top side's been doing yeah. fine. Overall, the, the the team in general has been doing all right. But I'm very worried about Karzy. That's the the big problem for me. I, I don't agree. know if I can bet XL, but go ahead. No, I agree uh, with a lot of the points that you mentioned. Karzy has been not stellar, at which you know also limits Kaiser um, and what he can do. But humanoid only looks good when they win. That's the only thing with that humanoid. Is, that is true. <laughs> it wins. He looks like he is carrying the team. And losses. He's still doing the humanoid thing, trying too much to to, to kind of pull this team up. But um, but yeah, this is a prime spot for me to actually think that Matt Lyons. If Misfit has a brother, Matt Lyons would be that brother. Yeah, kind of. It's just so inconsistent to know when they'll win, when they'll lose, um, and I. Because they're favorite here, I'm just gonna. I, 
I'll make this my pick of the week. I'll pick Excel. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, Excel have been kind of that slow and steady wins the race, and Mad Lines have just been. I mean, I hate the the cliche because it's kind of you know prop, like propagated the whole community now. But like, I don't want to call them like coin flippers because they're not necessarily. They're just way way over aggressive. Like, how many times this season have you seen Carzy, Carzy and Kaiser, like, they lose a 2v2 trade. It happens. It happens to the best bot lanes in the world. They lose a 2v2 trade. El Yoya comes in. This happened twice last weekend. They lose a 2v2 trade at, like, level 1 or level 2. They get they get level spiked and they, they lose the 2v2 or they put themselves in a bad situation. They get level 1 all in, like they did in that game on Friday, right? They get all in. They have to blow their flash. El Yoya takes time out of his jungle path to come bail them out to get the flashes off the enemy carry so that they can't play as aggressive. And then sure enough, Carson and Kaiser just go in. El Yoya leaves. He's like, why did I even bother coming here? That's happened at least like a handful of times this season in four weeks. And like, if, to me, it seems like an easy thing to fix. But at the same time, how can, I don't know how you can be that careless either. And I think that's kind of where this is all coming from, right? Part of it is, like, they draft aggressively, and sometimes they're going to get... I mean, the SK series, I think everyone was pointing to that and be like, oh, man, what a bad performance. But, like, they played chicken in that draft, and then SK actually got up in their face and aggressively countered them as well. Most teams don't do that, but SK did, and it looks bad when that happens, and they just blew out that bottom lane. The game was over in five minutes into it, right? So... I still think Mad can't be that bad. They're just the players are just too good for them to be past a certain point. But I definitely don't trust them as favorites at any you know moderate or above money line in a best of one. They could lose any game to anyone. This team, like more often than most teams do. So yeah, I'm 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 on Excel here. Yeah, I'm with Chris and you as well. Like Excel being plus one thirty three that seems pretty good to me that Chris Donna play will just always stick out in my mind. It's like either you think you're just so good because if you're jumping in with the bomb, with Tristana, you're expecting to get that kill and get the hell out. Yeah. And maybe like Tristana is kind of a, Kaisa does this too. We've seen this a bunch, but like Kaisa, Samira, Tristana to some extent, when these kind of plays happen, it's pretty easy for it to go wrong and you just look like a dumbass. Because it's like an 80 carry that goes in. They're not designed to do that, right? Those champions are. But when you go in and you just... Like, if you go in and try to get a reset you don't, yeah, you look really stupid. I understand what you were trying to do, but it looks really dumb. So I do think that specific play got over-exaggerated a little bit, but it definitely sticks out, right? Uh, their landing's just been terrible. I don't know what happened. They were so dominant last season. And maybe they get back to there. I don't know, but it's it's kind of weird. So the top side's been good. Armit's been really, really good. Alioya has definitely impressed me. He's been one of the better junglers in the LEC. So, yeah. G2 minus 900. Are we even talking about this? No, minus 900 in a best of one, dude. Are you <clears throat> kidding me? And we're not taking Astralis, so. I'll take Astralis kill spreads. But Magic Felix. Oh, yeah, that's right. We meant to talk about that. Good. Thank you, thank you for pulling that. KBA player. So... So a lot of people, just on various social media, I won't point any names out, saying, like, it's, I think it's it's fun to, like, meme it and be facetious, like, facetious about it, but, like, 
Oh, they finally they finally get a good win when Magi Felix is in the lineup. Let's be real here. The whole team just played better. It had, no, it had like next to nothing to do with Magi Felix, right? That's the way I saw it. The whole team played better. The outer lanes didn't get their shit kicked in, and they won a game. Surprise. He was good. Magi Felix was good in that game. But you know what having a Discord has taught me since we got a Discord? I've learned something. I've learned something big about having a Discord. This has been very interesting for me. It's like a social experiment. There's two kinds of people when you want to talk about League of Legends or anything, really. Probably NBA discords are probably the same way. There's two different kinds of people. One one kind of person when you're talking about a match, they say like, you know, I think uh, Magic Felix had a pretty good game. I think some things went right here. They want to fight at the Scuttle Crab. I think this team's improving. The second kind of person just just like Astralis are fucking terrible. And those two kinds of people, like, don't get along. Like, the, the, like you just can't have – having those two kinds of people in the same, like, space is really tough. And you can – like, most of the time the people that are like Astralis is fucking terrible are just joking. But the, you just can't have those two kinds of people blending with each other. It's like – it's been – Guilty every as time charged. These, it's like, this team's the greatest team of all time. They're never losing again. And then uh, you got other people like, I don't know if they're the greatest team of all time. 2015 – Gen G was very good. Like, like it turns into a, like, Listen, one guy's just completely memeing and the other guy's trying to make I'll cop to this because I'm guilty as charged on this. <laughs> I, I this like to think, time. I like to think that I'm not quite grammar police. I like to think I'm a, I'm a level above that. <laughs> like, but I do get a little wordy when I'm, when I'm arguing with people. I'll admit that. <laughs> I get baited by I the memers at all, I get baited by the memers at all times. I can't help myself, dude. It's so bad. Ghost could literally hop in there right now and be like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, Nuke Duck was the reason to show us for losing, and I'd write you a dissertation, probably. <laughs> so I'm going to... Nuke two separate rooms. Two separate chat rooms. Just meme dank, chat. And dank <laughs> memes only. <laughs> analysis chat. Uh, any any thoughts on... I mean, I'm going to pull the kill spread up real fast. Because I think that's going to be uh... the way you have to play this one. Yeah, you, as you're doing that, I think you're completely right. Magic Felix didn't really change. Maybe he didn't die as much, um, which we kind of saw a little bit of a issue with Nukeduk getting caught out. Nukeduk was also seems like checked out a little bit, but I feel like they won that first game because Anzara was able to get on his like uh, Skarner, which is once you saw that bandit the second day, it was like. This team went back to the same Astralis. He banned Skarner. I love Skarner as a play for like a team that just like thinks that maybe they're outmatched skill wise. I kind of like Skarner. It's just Terrible the team should play Skarner. Enemy team. Yeah, just just grab somebody and then five v one them. Like it's just a nice and easy right. strategy, nice straightforward, easy to execute. Make I like it for the QSS like, tax. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, who, you know who should be doing that? Live Sam. Just saying. And others. Uh, ten and a half is the kill spread. Give me a Stralis on that all day. All day. That screams back to recover to me. Or G2 win 15, 15 to That's 6. That's a big number, though. I could, I'll have to pull it up in a second. We'll, uh, why don't you intro, intro the next game, and I'm going to pull up how often ten and a half double-digit kill spreads have covered this season. Okay. The next game is Vitality plus 343 up against Fnatic minus 556. Interesting spot here. Vitality 
getting crown shot and then losing two games in a row, uh, maybe lessening down the excitement level of having crown shot. Fnatic, a highly variant team. Do we go plus 343 on on Vitality? What do you think, Chris? Uh, That's a good question. I didn't even consider that point. Uh, Wait, remind me what the last part you said again. Do I go... Would you go plus 343 on Vitality up against Fnatic? No. Mm, This would make, uh, you know, Josh really happy when Vitality can pull this off. Uh... Dang. No, if I'm not betting Astralis, I don't think I'm betting Vitality at this one. Fnatic looks like they're back. They're not back, but more so I see the Yamato uh, handprint all over this team. They're wild. They're crazy. And they're doing it and they're winning. That's the big important thing because they've been wild and crazy in the early part and not winning. Yeah. Um, oh, jeez. Now, no, I'm not taking, I'm not being baited, even if it's the best of one. So the only other ten and a half kill spread was G two Astralis, and G two covered the last time barely. So uh, there have been four, so they're undefeated. That's what you're saying. There have been Minus four and spreads, nine 100%. and a, yes, correct. <laughs> there have been four nine and a halves, and they are two and two. Even though the favorites won all of those games, so yeah, interesting. G two have been involved in four of these five games, by the way. <laughs> So G two actually, when it's nine and a half or above, G two are only two and two against the spread. So, Alan, what do you think about Vitality against Fnatic? Oh boy, looking at Vitality's schedule this week, um, this Feels might be bad, one you want to skip. This might be one you want to skip. But looking at the odds for the, these two games, I think I'd rather take Vitality plus three forty three if you're going to take a shot on them on them against Fnatic because there are three twenty six against Rogue, and I feel like there's a better shot with Vitality beating Fnatic. Just with the way how Fnatic plays, uh, am I super confident in this? Not really. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's the like. That's the best. I think that's the way to look at it. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna fire a bullet this weekend, I think Fnatic's the better one to fire it at. Even though they've looked really really good, they are. I, th- I don't think anyone would argue that like Rogue and Fnatic, who's the more variant team, or who's the, I'm gonna say variant, who's the higher volatility team. It's definitely Fnatic. Yeah, it's just the way they the bullet play, against like, Fnatic's got to be better. Yeah. What's it going to beat Rogue and lose Fnatic? No. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's that's worth taking a shot on. Maybe Fnatic get a little overconfident, try something a little goofy, and Vitality pick up the first win they've had in a while. I could see that happening too. That's always a possibility. Misfits plus two twenty five, Rogue minus three twenty three. Do I get to say I told you so with Misfits yet? It's too early still. I'm not gonna. I'm not. No, I told you so's yet. But like, Misfits, they tried really. They try really, really hard to just snowball games on you. And if they don't, they have no idea what they're doing. And even when they do snowball games, half the time they look lost anyway, and they don't know how to. They don't know how to properly play out their lead. Now, I will say this: that is something that I think can get better as the season goes on. So I think the tricky part about handicapping teams like Misfits in particular, and I mean we're going to talk about CLG in a little bit, but like, and and even TSM is kind of in this in this boat too. Teams that you expect to get better, that overachieved and then are like in that gray area now, are like the hardest teams to handicap because you don't know how much and how rapidly that improvement's going to happen, 
And it, that's all. That's even if you think it's going to happen. Do you think Misfits are going to get better as the season goes on? And like, how much better do you think they're going to be? Maybe a little bit better than they are now. I do think they have a reasonable amount of talent on that roster. Yeah, and they they just kind of need to put it together a little bit. Um, but I still I don't really see them breaking into the playoffs. I think you're going to see them just outside the playoffs somewhere. I think they're they're going to look solid by the end of the season, but uh, I don't think you're going to see them in the playoffs. What do you think, Alan? Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a hot topic around the Infinity Edge. Um, when you guys check that out, Misfits. We like the players on there, and both Alan and Michael have said that they're long on Misfits in the long term because they think that this team can pull it together if given time. Uh, yeah, I like Misfits in the spot if you're going to take a shot on them for sure. What do you think, Chris? You trust Misfits enough to? to... <sighs> I think Misfits has a higher chance of winning as an underdog than they are as a favorite, but that statistic I cannot count on. Not against Rogue. Like you mentioned, they're trying to play a style that needs to get ahead, needs to snowball. You're not going to pull that off against Rogue. It's not. They may get the kill, like the early kill lead, but that doesn't matter to Rogue because they're going to just trample over you by 18, 20 minutes into the game. Yeah. This number is not enticing enough for me to go on Misfits. Yeah, this is. I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, if I had to pick something here, it would be like rogue kill spread. But I don't. I don't want to lay this kind of money line with them. And if I'm not that confident in this kind of money line, I'm not that confident in a kill spread either. So, uh, this is just a pass. I think rogues like stylistically just an awful matchup for a team like this. They want to play against a fanatic or a G two more than a rogue. And I'm not saying that because it's, like, controlled or slow. Oh, my God, I'm going to rage on it. I need to make a new Twitter account just to rage against caster narratives. I'm going to freak out one of these days. I'm. It's going to happen. I'm, like, I'm at that tipping point now where, like, caster narrative street, I'm just going to blow it up. It's, I'm just going to go full on whatever. I'm just, I've had enough of that. <laughs> like, but... Rogue are extremely disciplined. They're very good. And against the bad team, they're just not going to like lose very often to these teams that aren't like G2 and Fnatic, basically. So, um, yeah, I'll stay away from this one. Saturday, we have Excel laying 213 against the Stralis, plus 156. I probably end up finding myself on Excel here. I think I'm going to end up betting them. I, I just really do not believe in Astralis at all. And I think Excel is getting better and better. I kind of like yeah. the style that Excel plays too against teams like Astralis where they almost never have a comp that doesn't scale at least decently. Yeah. That's been, uh, that's so, been Excel's calling card this season is they, they sh- yeah, I think they should scale at least decently in this matchup, which makes it hard. I think for Astralis to find a good way to beat them. Excel all the way here too. Hmm. I'm, it's it's. I want. To, I don't know what else Excel needs to do to make me more confident. In them. I don't know what my hesitation is. Cries is uh, really doing much better this season. I really like the that he has uh, more choices at the top lane rather than trying to play the rise. Um, the team is looking. I, I guess I should be confident. Uh, no bet for me, but. I would let's say I wouldn't be surprised if Astralis somehow pulls an off a win. I'm not entirely sure I trust Excel enough to 
lay the money with them, but I do think Excel's the right side here. Definitely not on Astralis here. Uh, Kev in the Twitch chat just reminded me of a good example of these teams that are like, they start strong and then fade out. Uh, the Jaguars this year beating the Colts and then losing their next 15 games. <laughs> Which happened. So, yeah, it's... I knew I was trying to think of that, and I just I couldn't at the time. So, Misfits minus one thirty two, SK Gaming plus one hundred. I this feels like a slam dunk misfit spot, right? I agree, but I just don't trust this team at all. Like, uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna misfit. bet it. It's probably Misfits. You're gonna right? bet it. What is Misfits' record as a favorite this year? Uh, I can pull that up. What do you got? Just. What do you think, Alan, while he's looking that up? Uh, if I take Misfits as a young dog, I have to take him here, too. I, I I like what they can put together, and I haven't been very impressed with SK. Yeah, I think Misfits' talent on the roster is significantly higher than SK, so the only reason they're going to lose is if there's some real teamwork issues, which which can happen, but uh, I think I like Misfits. Yeah, Misfits yeah. are 0-3 against the spread against Vitality, SK, and Excel. There you go. That's my answer. I'm going SK on this one. <laughs> there it is. This yeah, is the I, revenge game. It's got to get one back against SK. Dude, I feel ba- like our misfits just Rogue Warriors. Also, like do we have Rogue Warriors in every league. Every every league has a 2020 Rogue Warriors in it. <laughs> I think they're going to be a little better. Than, I, I'm with I'm with Michael's case on this that you were talking about, Alan. Like. You guys are all pretty long on Misfits, right? Yeah, they've yeah. disappointed so far, but you know. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm with that. Like, I think they feel more like a summer team to me. But I think like we got ruined by Mad Lions last year. Like everybody wants every every young team to be Mad Lions, and I just think that's unrealistic. But I could see this team being very good in summer. So, I don't know. They're just, I want to see them not. <laughs> Not just play this super high variant style. Like I want to see them play more stock standard and be good at. It. Like even like I don't. Even, I'm not asking them to be Gen G or or Damwon or anything like that. I'm, I I just want to see it to know that they're capable of doing it because that's what concerns me with this team is that they're so all in on this and I like that they are, but. Until I know, like I'm never gonna trust them as favorites unless they're extremely good at that, like V5. Right, or unless they show me some different looks to show me that they're at least capable of pivoting if they have to, because if they're that predictable, it's not that hard to make a game plan against that. So, yeah, I don't. It feels it. This feels too obvious. That's what I'm worried about. You know. Anyway, Vitality plus three twenty six against Rogue. We already kind of talked about this. Better off taking Vitality against Fnatic. Yeah, it doesn't seem like much value on this line when you can take Vitality the day before if you want to bet them. Yeah. Any other comments on this one? No. All right. Fnatic minus 182. Mad Lions plus 137. What's the kill total on this one? Like a bajillion? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. I mean, taking the over in kills makes a lot of sense for this matchup. It feels to me like you can't take Mad Lions here with how they perform this season. It's a matter of whether or not you think you can bet Fnatic at this price. But I'm not sure that I that I think you can take Mad against uh, with how good Fnatic has looked. I think Fnatic just look outstanding, so it's I'm going to be hard pressed to go against them right now unless the number is ridiculous. 
how incredible. I want to give a shout out in the Discord. People have been talking about this a lot, but just a quick shout out. How incredible is Whippo? His stream is incredible. The guy is just such an awesome ambassador. I hope we get more chances to put his face out there as an ambassador for the game because incredibly smart, but still funny and and willing to play into plenty of jokes. And and he knows when he's well. bad, so he just plays into it. He's G2 without being on G2. Yeah, he's he's just a great ambassador for the game. You watch him in solo queue, man. Every, every single thing that he does on his stream, he explains what's going on and why he did it that way. Like, literally, like, almost every step that he takes. And plenty of the time, he's just like, oh, I just screwed that up really bad. Yeah. Like, just, like, really, you know, just a great ambassador for the game. Shout out to Whippo. He's he's yeah. an awesome stream to watch, especially if you're trying to learn stuff. Go down. Yeah, he's so damn good. Like, I, I started watching, like, in the last week, and he's like, he talks through everything. Yep. And I haven't seen a streamer or a pro player do that before. They're usually just listening to music or talking about their own lane, but he's F-keyed and looked around the map and said, well, I can do this here and do this there. Even in roles he doesn't play, he was doing that at support as well. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, some people are better multitaskers than... I mean, to be at that level, you need to be a certain amount good at multitasking, but some people have that added layer where, like, they can... I don't think people really... It's like drumming, like singing and drumming at the same time. Like, if you're... You could be, like, an insane drummer. Most drummers can't sing and drum at the same time. Like, not well, anyway. They have to do, real, like, real basic stuff. Feels like he's doing, like, all this super high-level stuff while just narrating the entire game. It's like this... I don't know. He's got a really if good mind no for the game. If people haven't seen it before, you're thinking about multitasking. If people haven't seen it before, watch pro StarCraft players, POVs, where you have to follow, like, where you're actually watching their screen. It's one of the most amazing things you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, how many times they click around the map. They have, like, 300 clicks per minute or whatever. It's yeah. just all over the map. Like, click, 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 click. And I can't even process what they're looking at. And they can, they can you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, StarCraft is the OG. Kill total for this game, by the way, 30 and a half. I might need to go high, under, but... dude. That's too high. That's so high. I don't know, man. I don't know. That 30 and a like half, there's, over. like, no margin for error. Like, it's got to be a Fiesta. It has to be a Fiesta. 30 and a half is a lot. Or just a normal fanatic game. That's true. Yeah, but, like, if either team just snowballs the game, there's no chance in hell that hits. That's that's the thing I'd be concerned. I, I would probably Fanatic's leave averaging. Under, Fnatic's averaging over 22 kills per win. So you just need Mad Lions to get in there for eight. And what are they averaging, like 31 yeah. kill, combined kills a game or something like that? Let's see. If lot. we were looking at... It's a lot. Mad Lions in wins is getting about 18.8, and in losses is giving up 21.2, <laughs> and Fnatic is getting 22. <laughs> this is definitely like a matchup you should probably be 100% on in DFS. One way or the other, whether you're playing Mad Lions or Fnatic, Fnatic or, or combined kills per game. Combined kills per game is thirty four point six. What the hell? That's insane. That's full yeah, fade. First... Everyone's going to be on this game, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you get the option. You can either go hundred percent on this game, or you can full fade it and just pray that it's like a seventeen to two victory and you get some more points somewhere else. Oh man. Yeah, the first game combined fifty kills. Uh, yeah, that's true. Insane. Dude, 30 is so high, though. Goddamn. Shulka, plus 223. G2, minus 323. The Giant Slayers against the Giant. David versus Goliath. We've got a savvy God. David. Fee-fi-fo-fum. They smell, they smell the blood of a 
I don't remember where Schalke is from. Frenchman? <laughs> Germanman? It's some Dutch. It sounds Dutch. I can't remember where Schalke is from. But... Yeah, G2 is going to smash. Bundesliga, aren't they? Bundesliga. Yeah, Bundesliga. Yeah, Bundesliga. Right. I, think it's, I think it's German, right? I think it's Bundesliga. Yeah. No yeah. fear just sounds Dutch to me because I can speak that language. Yeah. But... They are, they are wow. in the Bundesliga. Bundesliga. <laughs> they said it confirmed. Hashtag soccer expert. <laughs> I'm going to have somebody saying, oh, it's football. Thank you. Football. Football. Um, what are you? Football. Um, I'm going to take a shot on Schalke here. I know the She2 team is different. I know how good they are. I do think Schalke are good. I do think Gilius is capable of like just rot, like just running away with games like this. And I know this G2 team is different, but doesn't it feel a little like it's time for them to just punt a random one? I hate that line of thinking. This has nothing to do with that. I just think Schalker are okay. I think Schalker is good enough to, to take a shot on here. Nothing for me. I think G2 is just going to smash them. G2 has circled this date on their calendar as soon as they lost the first time to Schalke. They bought a Schalke jersey. They're going to burn it before the game. And reckless and caps are going to go. I didn't think about that. I forgot. I I honestly dead ass forgot that they won the first one. They started their giant slayer run that way, right? Forgot about that shit. I'm an idiot. But Um, you know, that's a big number, though, right? What were they the first time? Let me pull this up real fast. The first time was it week one? I think was the first game, right? Uh, Super League, uh, Super Week, I think so. No, the G two were minus five twenty six the first time, so bigger number the last time around. I don't know. I I, I still think it's reasonable to consider Schalke here for sure. I would probably be Schalke or pass. They're good. Enough I thought the I number would be. would be closer, but yeah, you're right. I I, I could see picking Schalke. Like they're good enough to not back G two and just pass this, even even at the the cheaper number. So, yeah, I think it's a pass for me. LCS. I am. I hate Pesto One so much. CLG. I feel like the LC, LCS is going to be full of value this week. I think there's there's a lot of things happening this week in the LCS. A lot of teams that are misjudged. I think we're going to get a lot of shots here. Yeah, CLG plus four twenty. Blaze it. Had to. C nine minus seven fourteen. You you just can't take C nine at seven hundred in the best of one. No, They're not you, that you good. They're good. No. They're the best. They're probably the best team right now. I don't know if that's going to stay the case, but they're definitely going to be one of the best teams, right? I don't care unless it's like Damwon against me. I'm not. You can't lay seven hundred basically with anyone. I don't think in a best of one. Just it's it's too it's too high variance. Yeah, there's there's no betting minus seven hundred. It's only a matter of whether you think you can bet CLG. Like if you're the a day flat, if you're a flat get, stake better, I could see it maybe. But the day before they get Broxa back, I don't think I want to bet on them. I think CLG is just gonna run, or C 9s probably just gonna run them see, over. I kind of think it's the opposite. Like I think there's gonna be that added. I don't know. I, I think motivation's kind of overrated and underrated at the same time. I, I don't like. The I feel like they'll be in a, a mindset of like, don't worry about it, what it, guys. No matter what happens tomorrow, we're gonna get Broxa, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, but doesn't it's that make it more? Dollar. Doesn't that make them more likely to YOLO a little bit? Maybe. Yeah, maybe my YOLO a little bit more. You know I guess. what I mean? Like, you see, like a, a pocket pick from Griffin or something. Like, I don't know what it would be. 
See, LCS going to be an 11-4 this week. Maybe we see like Kane or something just blow a game up randomly. I'm going to look this up right now. LCS. Yeah, this feels, like, this feels like a super bad spot for Griffin on his last game. Has to go out against Cloud9 here. It's just so much. Ten and a half. You know, I'll take the, I'm going to take a shot on the dogs here. The number is just huge. Cloud9 are clearly the better team. I'm not going to... I'm, I'm I'm the Cloud Nine pseudo bull here or pseudo bear here, and there's just no there's no way I can make a case. But yeah, give me CLG. Um, Dignitas plus one hundred three, FlyQuest minus one thirty seven. FlyQuest kind of getting right a little bit, yeah. No one on the show is allowed to consider betting Dignitas in this game. You're not even allowed to consider it. You should, if you haven't already done it, you go bet FlyQuest. You bet it right now, and we take advantage of Dignitas, and we have a party. So, just for the sake of exercise, no, you're considering it right now. I can feel you considering I'm not, it. I'm not actually considering it, but just for the sake of for for the listeners, for 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 the clients of the Gold Card Podcast. I mean, Dignitas look pretty good right now. Fake God's playing out of his mind, like the best he's played in his career, and I would argue the strongest part, like the strongest member of FlyQuest is Licorice. Like, that's their leverage position against most teams. I kind of think this is like a 50-50. I don't think I'm going to be on either side. Bot lane revenge narrative. I didn't think about that. That's a decent one. John Sun, Aframu. Who was really holding up the bot lane? Like, it, uh, to me, this is just, like, Licorice and Jose Diotto. Like, I don't know if they're better. Like, that much better right now. I talked about it, to be more realistic. I talked about it a little bit in the Discord. But I think this whole, like, Dardock picking random stuff and just trying to oh. solo carry thing, I think that just falls off. I hard agree with just- you. And that's just what they've been doing for the most part this season has been weird, tricky Dardock picks and then Dardock carries. The thing is, though, like... like... Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, sorry, just 10, 10 champions, 10 games kind of thing? I do think that narrative is, like, I'm with you. Like, that narrative is way overblown. Like, that's not... They're just playing decently. That's it. That's the only reason they're winning. They're not cheesing people. Like, it just so happens that he's playing weird stuff, and that's something that the broadcast can point to and be like, oh, my God, a narrative to save me during these boring-ass in-between games moments, right? I think that is the mentality they're going into the game with, though. I yeah. think they're going into the, mentali- the game with the mentality of, like, let's put Dardock on a cool pocket pick and let him carry, and I just don't think that's a strategy that's that's going to work. Long-term, Long-term. no. I, do, so, I mean, we all kind of agreed on this before the season. Even people that don't like Dardock, he's the best player on this team, right? Neo's been pretty good. Yeah, I think Neo's their best player. I think he's Neo's been, been pretty good this actually. season. I don't want. And Afrobo's having a bit of a resurgence. Him. He's. I don't think he's been excellent, but he's been he's been solid. Good. So, like, if that's the case, like, is this team just like not a dumpster fire? Then. No, they're a dumpster fire, and they're going to lose to FlyQuest. Like, you know, I, I, like, I love, I, I love memeing this, but like, do, do you see where I'm hinting at? Like, I'm not backing Dignitas here at all, but like, do we need to adjust? Like, like, dear, like, is Dignitas DRX? They need to adjust. You know what I'm saying? Like, is DR, is DR, is, is Dignitas DRX in that they're clearly better than we thought they were going to be, but they're still not good. 
Because that's the vibe I'm getting, is that they're probably better than we thought they were going to be. Neo has vastly exceeded my expectations. Afro is playing better than he did basically last 18 months. And Fake God is playing the best he's played in his career. Dardock, I happen to think Dardock is pretty damn good. And Saligo's just kind of been there for the ride. <laughs> like, yeah, this, this team has okay. definitely outperformed like what we thought they were going to come into the season. I think on the Infinity Edge, we had them ranked like nine or tenth to finish yeah. um, for the whole year. What's going to be interesting to me coming up with the jungle changes is that farming and just relying on that isn't going to work. And you're going to have to gank more, which I think is actually a strength for Dark Yeah, that because is true. He, if he wants to be more aggressive and get his lanes ahead, if he can get Neo in that bot lane ahead, I think it's going to be a positive for them. I just, it seems like they've already started that too, because he busted up the cane in the last game. That's a good point to make. John, any thoughts on that one? Like, they're. I was just going to say, if you believe, this comes down to whether you believe what you've seen from them. Because if you believe what you've seen, their GPM is pretty close to Team Liquid for this season so far. So if you if you believe it's better than EG's, then significantly better than FlyQuest's. So if you believe what you've seen so far, then you should just be slamming Dignitas in like all your games. Uh, I personally do not believe what I've seen so far, and I'm a bet against Dignitas all the time. I think like the hardest part about teams like this is like you know there's a, an amount of regression coming. It's just a matter of how much, and that's the difficult part about this, right? Like I, I don't think anyone thinks Dignitas is actually good, right? Does anybody here think Dignitas is actually good? Like I say, good. Like they're going to be a playoff team. I think they settle in seventh or eighth. Seventh and eighth, what and, by, by half by the halfway point after two round robins, or by the end of the season? Oh, by the end of the season. By the season, eighth, yeah. I think they're ninth. I think this team sucks. Like I, I think like they're playing out Golden of their right now. Golden Guardians is a great team. They're the worst team of all time in any region. So I'm I don't know if they're quite as bad as Team Coast, dude. I was looking into this this weekend. I started googling. I was like, oh, who are the worst teams? Started exploring that rabbit hole. I mean, I CLG could be a little slightly better, but I think it's around that area. CLG Dignitas. If they keep beating these bottom half teams, they have a chance at finishing six and getting into the playoffs. I yeah. think. Somebody just. But that's, that's all they've done. Yeah. I, I I'm with you, John. I'm not buying it, but I am willing to admit that I, they're probably going to be better than my expectation, which was, I believe, I had them tenth. Forget I could pull up. Where did I put them? I had them last, and I think I was the most bullish on them of anybody on the show. Here's a a really interesting stat. This is a a very interesting stat because I always compare all the stats on my show, and this is just one that stands out to me as I'm looking at it. So Dignitas is fifth in the league in gold per minute. They're higher than Evil Genius. Is higher than FlyQuest. They're right about where Team Liquid's at. But at 15 minutes, they're minus 1,051 gold which puts them, like, ninth in the league. Significantly worse than almost everybody. Only Immortals is worse so far. That's just... It's interesting that their that their GPM is that high with such a terrible first 15 minutes gold-wise. Um, they're, they're definitely uh, outperforming other teams in team fights and stuff right now. That's kind of a similar profile to Nongshim in that, like, their rest of game gold per minute is... It's not above average, but it's above expectation for a team of that record essentially where and it's significantly better than their first 15 20 minutes of a game for sure 
So when you have a team that like is significantly better at that, even if it's above average and ends up looking like the majority of, you know, a lot of their, they've also played a bunch of really long games where the economies are flowing too. So you got to keep that in mind. That's going to warp those stats, especially in a small sample like this. So yeah, I, I don't know, dude. It's, I just it's don't so know how much regression have, to expect. Yeah, they had the perfect week last week, but granted it was against Immortals, Golden Guardians, and then the one shocking upset against Evil Geniuses. Yeah. So know. not amazing shocking. teams they beat. Shocking when Jisuke decides to tower dive from behind and die. Oh, man. Yeah, that's was, the other thing. Like, how that, much of this was EG was just the shitting the bed? Yeah, right? True. And they still – EG shit the bed, and they still had moments in that game where they could have pulled that back. Legends say Jizuke is still running, trying to catch up to some opponent so he can kill them. It happened like five times that game. That was the the memes are flowing. I love that he's like. Doesn't it just amaze you that that guy specifically just finds himself in the middle of some of the most ridiculous, like weird plays, like good and bad, mostly bad. But there like, was I don't a... think Jizuke is a bad player at all. But god damn it, does he have some low lights? Right, like there was a great moment for that like on Sunday someone posted on Twitter right before that game like I'm so tired of everyone calling Jizuke like a coin flip player can we just say he's a great player and then they played that game and it's like oh man your take is aging awfully in this game he's I do good. agree that Jizuke is just good and he's not really a coin flip player but he, he posted that moves. right before that game when he he's was like shy. trying to shower dive like five times he's like the shy in mid lane he's Clearly, he's a good player. It's just he's got some weird picks and he does some weird shit sometimes, and it's 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 goofy. Uh, yeah, I don't. I've I've been using the him the meme the picture with him holding RNG upside down way too much, <laughs> and the flamethrower gif is so good, dude. Uh, <laughs> Golden Guardians plus five twelve liquid minus a thousand. Look, Golden Guardians suck, but is anybody this bad? This is I'm yes. passing this. Dude. Golden, Guardians. Golden Guardians are bad. <laughs> I I like I, I might not bet on them for the rest of the entire year just from the last couple games I watched of theirs. It's just like some of the decision making is like next level bad that I've maybe never seen before. Some of the decision making isn't decision making. They just don't know what to do. Like that one where they got that pick and then just walked into the bottom river when there was no dragon or anything. They all just walked into the bottom river and yeah. then the other team just walked up to Baron and they were all just sitting in the bottom river doing nothing while the other team Baron. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, they... So I think we all kind of knew that they were going to be a little rough around the edges to start. I think I don't think anybody thought otherwise, right? And we were all fairly, like, I don't want to say bullish, but like we were pretty excited optimistic i would say for this team i don't think anybody had them like crazy high up maybe i did i'm gonna check myself real fast here i had golden guardians in the b tier with immortals and dignitas i said they're all likely b minuses really dignitas are a d or an f dignitas are one of the worst teams i've seen right now they're one of the worst teams that i've seen in professional play in a long time you mean golden guardians golden guardians sorry I was going to say, you were just talking about Dignitas. John, like, a Georgie, a Georgian like, slip there. It was a Georgian slip there. Dignitas are winning worlds. We know this. So, like, Who's George? Okay. So, like... Uh, I'm not laying a thousand with Liquid. The kill spread is going to be way too high for a Liquid game. Yeah, I remember no, what happened yeah. the last time Team Liquid was minus a thousand. That's true. 
I'll take Golden Guardians plus ten and a half kills. Liquid could win this game nine to two. That's a very liquid thing to do, by the way. Although they might just rage smash this team after getting embarrassed last weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like this might just be like the what the doctor ordered situation. They they maybe maybe Jat lets the dogs loose for a game. So I don't know. This is probably just to stay away. TSM favored minus 122 against Evil Geniuses minus 108. They look better. It's only one week, but I mean. Look, this was another team that we, we had – I think we all unanimously agreed trajectory-wise that, like, it's going to be a little rough sledding at first. And we had different – you know, we had different ceilings for this team. A lot of people have different ceilings for where they think this team could be, how consistent they're going to be. Uh, I don't think two weeks into a season is, like, enough to say, oh, they're clear – oh, they figured it out. So – I'm not entirely buying it, but they did look better last week. They looked twice as good as they did the week before. That's for damn sure. I mean, where where do we where do we fall on this? Like, I think you just have to bet EG here, right? Just, I mean, we don't have that big of a sample size. We know they're yeah. a little high variance, but like uh, from what we from the 15 ish games that we've seen, EG have been the better team, right? Definitely, overall, they've been way better. The question is. Does anybody else? I get this this feeling in the back of my head that these are the two teams that are like that. EG is almost certainly going to drop a little bit from where we currently have yeah. them, and that TSM is almost certainly going to bump a little bit from where we have them. Yeah, these two teams in particular bothers me playing against each other because I feel like they're on opposite sides of that spectrum. I think EG is going to be like a top five team, but I think TSM is going to be a top five team. And I'm not sure where they're going to end up. I think I'm just going to pass this one. Yeah, I'm going to pass this one. It's it's just too hard. I mean, Alan, make make a case for somebody in this game. Make a case for me not to pass on this game. That's a tough one. I I would say Evil Geniuses come with a game plan and figure out what happened from last week. But even that's not the greatest way to go about it. I see that. I, if either team wins this game, it's not going to surprise me. Yeah. Um, TSM, they're coming off a four-game win streak. You know, may, maybe something's finally clicked. So yeah. it's it's hard to pick one way or the other here. I'm not really giving any great answers here, but no, that's I think that that kind of illustrates <laughs> the point, right? Like it's I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but like like Chris, make a case for me not to not to, convince me to bet bet the side in this aside in this game. Yeah, you, it, this is a really hard task as everyone's struggling. I think the current form of TSM convinces me that they are try, actively trying to be better, even if it's like inferior talent on the bot lane. I think, well, not sword art, but lost. I'm just going to call it lost out. Even with him, uh, Clooney is not as bad, not inting as badly. And that, but that's the big gap right there, right? I think impact is just far and away better. At the top. And so on paper, I would say that I am in favor of evil geniuses, except they give me no confidence that they know how to stay consistent. I, will, uh, I do want to tag on of, here. Go ahead, John. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, these teams, now that I think about it more, they mirror each other a little bit. Their supports both carry the bottom lanes. Their eighty carries are both pretty weak. Their mid laners are both their best players, probably, I would say. Uh, in the jungle... 
it's a little bit different in the jungle and then in the top lane is a little bit different too. But I think in the bottom half of the map and the, and the mid lane and the bot lanes are, are pretty mirrored in how they play. And then EG has a pretty huge advantage top lane, I think. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe you go with EG. I just, I have some sort of feeling about this game. Just stay away. Like, if you can't make a case for either, just stay away from it. That's That's the advice here, I think. I do want to tag on, because we mentioned it with Dardock already. With the, if... This is a big if because it's the assumption of rational coaching. It's one of them. shout shout out to the audible Cecil and Sigmund Bloom. They talk about this concept in football all the time. the The assumption of rational coaching, and the idea is like, yeah, it makes sense to do this, but not the coach isn't always going to do what makes sense, right? The team's not always going to do what makes sense. It makes sense that maybe it's a little bit less turbo farming in the jungle next patch. We don't know if that'll be – realistically, it'll probably take – it'll be a transition period. It'll take a couple weeks, and then we'll kind of establish a new meta from there. There's pretty big changes going on in the jungle. If it goes in that direction, I think St. is the best jungler in the league. Because we've never – I mean, Blabber could be, but we've never seen Blabber outside of this shell, basically. The meta's basically been pretty set in the jungle for this entire – Blabber's entire career. Last calendar year plus a few months now. So, if it changes in a big way, maybe it won't. And maybe it'll take some time. I think Santorin, I mean, that's a direct buff to TSM. I think it's a buff to Dignitas. Maybe to Broxa as well for CLG. Guys that have been around, have played in a bunch of different metagames, I think it's a big advantage to, to those kind of players. But we'll see. We have to see if it gets there. Just I think it's something that's worth touching on. That maybe kind of adds some fuel to, you know, we've got the, the steam engine, the TSM steam engine going. It's going a couple miles an hour right now, and it's starting to ramp up in speed or whatever. And maybe maybe that's like, you know, throwing the turbo fuel in there or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I just thought it was worth mentioning. Just we don't have to consider it for this week. I think they're playing on 11-3 this patch still, but we'll see. Yeah, weird game. Immortals, plus 323, 100 Thieves, minus 500. <laughs> I'm gonna try Feels some. like it's not that too I'm big. I'm going to try some Immortals. I'm going to hate myself for it, but this is a Close Your Eyes special. 100 Thieves, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna thieves are good. They're clearly pretty good, but they're another one of these teams that, like, they're just going to look – they're going to lose in dumb ways sometimes because of how they play, right? We did, talk, we did talk last week about how they've been very good so far of, like, recovering from botched closes, which is a hard thing to do, by the way. Yeah, that's why I disagree with you. Like, they haven't really lost – they haven't really lost any games that they weren't supposed to lose. They've gotten behind in games that they weren't supposed to lose, but they won them for yeah. the most part. Yeah. <clears throat> they, they lost some games to Cloud9 at the lock-in tournament, but I think for the most part this team has been actually pretty consistent in that even when they get behind, if they're better than the other team, they just usually beat them anyway. 100 Thieves, time total, unders. That's the play. Really? Unders? Time total, unders. They've had a couple long ones, but every other game has been under. Like Okay. Besides You're probably the, right. I have like, you have recency bias about how they like just prolong the games a little longer than they should. But uh, you're probably right. It's against Immortals. You might have talked me out of this one, John. It was weird. Cloud Nine. Any thoughts on this one? It's just a pass. Pass across the board. Okay. Pass it. Cloud Nine minus five fifty six. Dignitas plus three forty four. Not today. 
No, sir. We no, sir, to... will I touch Dignitas in this matchup. Dikembe no, Mutombo is, has, has, is, is making a guest appearance on the podcast. Oh, that guy. He's the best. CLG minus 108. I feel like we should be talking. We already talked ad nauseum about Dignitas. I don't think we need to talk about him again. Um, Roxas debuted. Next game, right? CLG minus 108. Roxas debut against Immortals. Against Immortals. And as, I mean, they're not an underdog in betting price, but as an underdog comparatively, I mean, they're not plus money, but they're they're the worst odds of the two teams. This is another one where, like, my history, my instinct of seeing this pattern a million times over and over is telling me, oh, this is just easy. You just take CLG here. The bump. The new player bump. Price, they're at an all-time low. But I also here's the thing though, like if that's the argument I'm making and it's not play based, I don't think I think I just pass this. Like I can't make a case either way here. Like how much practice are they really going to have with Brox, even if he is an upgrade? I'll tell you this: CLG's current roster statistically is way better than Immortals. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you think they're like they're a thousand gold better at 15 minutes, they have a better GPM. Like if you if you think Bro- Brox is an upgrade, their current roster smashes Immortal stats. So I watched Reyes play Aphelios, and he went two and six against Dignitas, who is supposedly awful, right? And then the coaching staff said, "You're never playing an eighty carry again." Here's this champion Seraphine, and they won. After that, they went to. Zaya, not a very inspiring experience against Team Solo Mid. I'm out. CLG, pick of the okay. week. Okay. I'm with you, Ghost. <laughs> All right. I'm, I, I can see it. I'm like, it makes sense. Like, everything ties together and it makes sense. I just, the, the problem for me is, like, I can't. Because I'm not buying CLG either. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, I'm not buying that yet either. I don't think they're that good. But maybe I'm wrong. I'm willing to be proven wrong here. I'll pass. You said pick of the week, though. I dig it. It makes sense. I'm just – I've been burning this spot too many times, I guess. TSM, plus 126 – whoa. Plus 126, 100 Thieves, minus 169. This is suddenly interesting. Yeah, this is a bit of a flag planter now after uh, TSM's resurgence here and expecting them to maybe have a decent shot at winning their game the day before. I think I mean, I'm gonna end up betting the thieves, though. I think the thieves are the best yeah. team in NA. I, I weird. Oh, wow. Okay. That. I, see, I don't even think that's that much of a hot take. I was kind of talking to somebody about this the other day. That like, yeah, Liquid haven't looked good in the actual LCS so far, but I, I think there's a reasonable case to be made for Liquid, Cloud Nine, or Hundred Thieves. I think you could make a case for any of them. That's how I feel too. I think it could be any of those three. I'm I leaning th- towards. Do you teams. think those three are clearly better than everyone else, or do you, th- do you put like Evil EG and TSM in that conversation too? I know it's early for TSM. I'm not trying to overreact. I'm just. Is there uh, anybody else I you put in that EG conversation? And, I think I have EG and TSM in that next tier, and these three teams are the top tier right now. What about you, Chris? Yeah, same idea. Initially, I had EG about that tier, but after this weekend, I'm just like putting them down one. But uh, yeah, those. Alan, what do you think? Uh, this is a hundred thieves for me all the way. I don't see, I don't really see a lane maybe outside of mid lane where TSM might get an advantage here. Yeah, this is, it's suddenly interesting. Uh, I, 
it feels like Hundred Thieves is cheap. Like this is a good price for them. I would want better for TSM, but if you like Hundred Thieves here, I think this is a good price. You're not going to get FBI. better price. Yeah, and FBI versus versus Lost is a dumpster fire of a matchup for TSM. Yeah. Someday versus Huni is probably a dumpster fire matchup. I do think Poe probably has the advantage in the I think mid lane. Poe Santori mm-hmm. is, is, but uh, or Poe and uh, Spika, you mean? Spika, sorry, not Santori. Yeah, other way around. Yeah, but yeah. It's good. Yeah, the good thing about Demonte is that he's not called to 1v1 PoE. His role is different from that, so that gives 100 Thieves a better chance of winning. So it's not through mid, and they don't have to. The, the team is loaded with talent. Demonte's NA teacher mob, don't <laughs> <in my> mind. No. <laughs> kind of, right? He's who? Demonte is who he? From like three with years ago. With who he on his team. It's That's wild. why it's so good. It's double who he power. I do. So for what it's worth, I do think that's like, at least for the time being, that's like, it's just a way to play now. I don't think it's necessarily the best way, but I think it's like a viable way to play. We saw that. Teacher Ma, clearly not good. Didn't matter. This team clearly has the power of friendship, which is something that we've talked about multiple times on the podcast. And uh, Hundred Thieves definitely is the NA team with the power of friendship on their side. They're good. They got swag. They do have a swagger to them, don't they? Like they, they just watching them post game. A lot of times you're seeing them after wins for what it's worth too. But like, they're just confident. They play confident. They play like they can outplay every situation. They're gonna get burned for that sometimes and look stupid. But I'd much rather that than timid, right? Yeah, hundred thieves they're are kind good. of na. They're na. Invictus Gaming. Yeah, NA kind Invictus of. Gaming, yeah. yeah, power of friendship. I like it. Mm-hmm. Confident, sometimes overconfident, but you know, <laughs> I'm they not comparing a to a rookie. We're not having that conversation, but <laughs> but yeah, you know, they're fun. Honestly, maybe WE is a better, more apt comparison. I know the power of friendships literally Invictus, but like WE, they play a lot like WE does. No, you're right. Actually, WE is yeah. a very good comparison. Um, yeah, hundred things. Are, I'm so glad that came true. It made sense. It all lined up. The stars aligned. It all yeah. made a lot of sense. Um, we'll see. I, I do yeah, think but... I do think as the season goes on they're gonna struggle. I don't know. What, what, what do you, not not struggle, but like I think I think Cloud Nine and TSM and, and Liquid are probably gonna the top of the table is gonna be good. Actually, I think. Yeah, this team should be closer. Long way. Like if we think back to where we were a year ago with Medio still on the team and they're trying to figure that whole situation out, sitting at five and one and their only losses to Cloud Nine right now, yeah. and TSM's the last top team that they have to play. In the first like nine games, they're looking pretty good. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan of Hundred Thieves. Futures are looking mighty fine. That's for sure. Um, I got lost. Oh, Liquid Did minus two forty four. Uh, liquid plus one seventy seven. Something tells me Liquid just snap out of it, right? They had a weird weekend. I'm trying not to overreact to one weekend. There, there's things to point to and criticize for them. I do, I do think that's the case. But this is a big number for a team that looked a little sketch last weekend. It's probably just a pass. I, I do think Liquid are better. It's just hard to justify that right now. Yeah, that's. I feel like it's a pass. Like it just the numbers. Too big on liquid. It's a good number. I'm not necessarily sure I like EG on this one, so I think I just passed this one. What do you think, Chris? 
Yeah, same. Uh, I would be more confident had EG not like had that weekend what they had because I really thought that they were in contention. I thought their the change to Peter Dunn would be bring some stability, but we still have the same Chizuki. I can't trust that. Six and a half kill spreads not quite enough for me to feel strongly on EG there either. It's a tough. Yeah, one. This, the number in liquids a little too big. I, I do want to ask, how do you think teams are preparing for like these three-day stretches now? Because if you look at it with Evil Geniuses, their first matchup is against TSM. They're going to want to come into this one like really studied up, whereas Liquid coming into Golden Guardians, it's like don't have to do as much prep. So they're really looking towards this Evil Geniuses game, I would think, more yeah. so Golden Guardians. That's a good That's a good point to bring up, that like maybe we should start considering more with the three-day weekends. But I, I think it's a team-by-team situation. We've kind of seen this in the past. Like the the vast majority of Western teams, they don't prepare for the teams they're playing against. They just prepare a generic strategy for that week, and that's what they do. Not always, and some teams are more versatile than others. We've seen that over the years, but I, I'm still like I'm not willing to pin one team down as like, oh, this is the team that prepares for their opponents that week. We're we're a lock in and two weeks in. I don't, I don't have enough of a sample to definitively say, okay, this is what this team's intent is every week, but. That is a good point to think about moving forward, for sure. I'm glad you brought that up because that could be a thing. I mean, this is a classic. I mean, maybe that gives you reason to like Golden Guardians a little bit, the look ahead spot. No, I'm I'm not I'm not doing that. But this is a pretty sharp number look to me, anyway. Uh, Flyquest minus two fifty, Golden Guardians plus one eighty one. I think I'm going to bet FlyQuest. I can't believe I I'm going to bet FlyQuest. <laughs> I think this is a good FlyQuest weekend in general. I think they got a couple, like, three matchups here that they can win to really right the ship and get They're back. They're going to be the Dignitas that. this weekend. Yeah, they have Dignitas, Golden Guardians, and Immortals. Like, you can't get a better weekend than that. This schedule. feels like a great weekend to be on FlyQuest. I dig it. I hate laying 250 in a best of one, but I'll probably play to, I'll probably put, like, one and a quarter to win a half on this. Golden Guardians are terrible, guys. They're, like, as close to an auto-feed team that we've had in a while, I think. Until they show me that they can play... Until they show me that they know what to do in a professional game of League of Legends, I'm, I'm fading them. I don't care who they're against, so... Yeah, they have to come up with a better game plan than, like, well, what if Niles just solo queue stomps his top lane opponent? Like, yeah. that's their whole game plan or right what now. what if like, he well, you never know, he might be able to do it. Because, like, other teams have just pointed this out. They're like, look, just camp him. That's what they're doing every game, and, and it works. So it's yeah, like... It's like a way, way worse version of uh, the Shy, yeah. where, like, if you camp him, he goes 0-10 like the Shy, but if you don't camp him, he goes, like, 1-0. It's not, it's yeah, not like the Shy, like... where he goes, like, 8-0. And you know? the more important part is they're, they don't counterpunch. Like, you know this is coming. You know it. Every single team has done it against you. And you don't counterpunch. You don't counterpunch anywhere. You just kind of keep laning and hope it works. <laughs> like, it's not how professional game works. Professional game is punch, counterpunch. And you trade. And sometimes you trade up. And if you're very, very good and you're one of the exceptional teams, you, you, you trade up almost every time. You can't I've do nothing. Real- I was just say I've been really disappointed in Iconic as well in the early parts of these games. I feel like he's never ganking, he's never counter ganking, but then when the fights start happening, he's not that strong. 
Like, he, I feel like he's playing the game like a solo queue jungler who, like, wants to carry the game really hard. Where who's just gonna, I'm just going to power farm and then I'll carry because I'm so strong. See, Except he's he's not. <laughs> he he looked to like in the lock in. He looked like the only one that knew what the hell he was doing to me. Because he was the one like he understood like in the lock in he understood something's happening. Something else has to happen. Like a counter punch has to happen. Since they've gotten on stage, it seems like I don't know if the coaching staff just told them like nah, just chill and scale, and they don't want him doing anything because he doesn't look like the same player. And I'm not. Maybe he was just playing out of his mind at the lock-in. I don't know. But it, this team is officially in dumpster fire mode. Like, if they don't show you something, they need to show me something to get out of that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's got to be a situation of more do you trust teams to not lose. That's the real question. Do you think Do you think FlyQuest or what, 70, whatever that is, uh, 70% or whatever to not lose? To themselves, because that's what this is. 71.4. My bad. Uh, dig plus 159, TSM minus 217. Putting your dig to the test, John. Yeah, it's, it's TSM all day, dude. They're, this is part of my pick of the week. I have a parlay as my pick of the week, and uh, this is part of it. So, Narrative streets. Dardock. Dardock revenge game? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not picking Dig. I am so over them. I kind of just want to avoid Dig this weekend and just watch it with the popcorn in hand, you know? This is probably TSM, though. Ugh. I'm really... I hate, like, laying money with favorites. So the way I usually approach the best of one leagues is in the first few weeks... I just chill on favorites. If I think a favorite's going to win, I usually just don't side with them. Because, like, it's too early. We've seen how shitty teams are at closing games out. Everyone's Not everyone's really that polished yet. I think 100 Thieves look like the most polished team. And even then, it's like... Like, they're maybe the only team I trust with, like, a minus 200 money line. Or maybe Cloud9 did... You know, they just have better players. I don't know, but... Yeah, this is weird. Probably TSM, but I'm going to hate myself for it. Immortals plus 130, FlyQuest minus 172. This one's a little bit more interesting. Not for me. It's FlyQuest. Lock Fly it Quest. in. FlyQuest. 3-0 for FlyQuest this weekend. Makes sense. Is Reyes still on the team for Immortals? Yeah. Yeah, FlyQuest. Are FlyQuest going to mess around? FlyQuest. <laughs> we, didn't talk about, we didn't talk about the gritty Seraphine narrative. Fuck around and find out how many teams are going to play chicken with Seraphine this weekend. <laughs> Seraphine and Senna, man. I've been just betting every Senna I've seen, and it's just paying off massively. Yep. Maybe that's the angle in NA this weekend. Just bet every Seraphine side <laughs> if, it, if it gets through. This is a weird one. I, I don't. I want to think Immortals are better than they are, but this is probably a fly quest. I think this is a good enough number. Or it's a good enough number to at least not back Immortals. Again, like that's that that opinion that I approach it from. One hundred thieves minus seven hundred. Golden Guardians plus four twenty. Blazing it is not enough for the Golden Guardians. Nope, I don't want any piece of this. Ew, this is kind of a you know stars and scrubs slate here. We got a couple good games and it's just a whole lot of garbage. Uh, Liquid. 
minus 109. Cloud 9, minus 120. I kind of think this is Cloud 9 or nothing. Like, Cloud 9 have looked better. But I also think, I, like, I, I, don't even, I don't think, like, I'm positive Liquid are better than what we've seen. So, I also think Alfari Fudge is just such a nightmare matchup that, like, that, that that's the matchup to point to here, right? Like, even if you think Perks is, like, the best thing since sliced bread, the Alfari Fudge gap is immense. That's a large gap. It's a large gap. There's a joke in there somewhere, but... <laughs> Yeah. Questions? Thoughts? I feel like this is like our marquee match of the week, and there's just like, I don't know. Just watch the game. Call 9 all the way. All Otherwise, the way. you're going to take it. Okay. 9. Liquid for me. <sighs> Alfari Gap, I... dude. It's so scary. Liquid. It's just... The loss against Evil Geniuses kind of gave me some idea that maybe Blaber just babysitting Fudge is not going to cut it. It, it. it worked for a while, but somehow Evil Geniuses made that not a viable strategy. So if Liquid, who is a better team than Evil Geniuses, can't figure that out, and they kind of sort of figured that out in lock, lock-in too. Oops. So it gives me some idea that Liquid is probably better, as long as they don't make dumb drafts. I'm starting to just think it's... I'm talking myself into Liquid... Like the more I'm thinking about it, I think you can make a good argument. Like for the either outer lane, the outer lanes are are that's a big deal. <laughs> I think you can make an argument either way in this game. I think I lean the liquid side, but I think there's an argument to be made on both yeah. sides. So I don't have any issue with people being on either side of this game. Evil geniuses minus three forty three. Counter logic gaming plus two thirty seven. Brock's a buff. Eg variants feels like a perfect spot to back CLG. Is it? Chris Jung. Not. Depends how Jesus Gay welcomes Bruxa. The EU Brotherhood just continues to come together. Alan. I like this number, actually. For e, for CLG? But that team is just bad, so no. Um, yeah, I think the Evil Genius' number is a bit too big, but I'm not also confident in CLG. Um, maybe if you see something great from Saturday's game, let's Kind of logic gaming, you look back at it, but yeah, Evil Genius number is too big. John. Yep. Pass for me. The number's too big for EG, but I don't believe in CLG in this matchup. EG, EG are not a team to be trusted as big favorites, I'll just say that. They're a good team, but they are way too wild to, as we witnessed last week. That was, I, I, I today I went through and did kind of a recap of my biggest positions so far this year, and you know, laying the money line with Liquid last week was like I, I think the worst bet I made this season. I think the only other one that's in contention for that is backing EG is like minus whatever they were last week, two sixty three. I think that was like the worst bet that I've made all season, and I've learned my lesson from it. So, EG aren't to be trusted as big favorites, even against teams that they should stomp. They're just they're just too wild. So I haven't made a bad bet all season. If I was go. wrong, the teams just did something wrong. There you go. It's their fault. <laughs> their pick of the week. We'll let Alan open up because I know he already wrote his down. And I have to pick mine out still. And check the listeners. So go for it. Yeah, I'm going with CLG minus 108 versus Immortals. Um, I guess if we want to go with a mean pick of the week, let's go Vitality. Go Crown Shot. Number one. 
I uh, I went with a a versus Dignitas parlay for my pick of the week. Uh, it's FlyQuest and TSM both against Dignitas. You can get the meta plus one fifty two as a parlay. So if you believe in the fall of Dignitas the way that I do, join me on the on the parlay train. Chris, so I made the XL plus one thirty three against Matt Lyons my pick of the week. The reason being Matt Lyons feels more misfit. It's not something that I'm super confident in. Right now, I see that there's much better value, I, even considering switching to the TSM over 100 Thieves for a bit. But um, let's let's just keep this one. I'll keep. I want to see this would be this would help me feel more confident in Excel going forward. Let's just say that if they win, I'm going to go with Africa plus 114 against DRX. Talked a little bit about it earlier, a lot of bit about it earlier, and uh, yeah, I think that's where I'm at. So, yeah, that's pick of the week. Uh, just to recap, last week, give me one second. Uh, <laughs> I have lost four in a row. By the way, I gotta. This is a get right spot for me. So I'm putting my eggs in the Afrika basket again. We see how that's worked out for me this season. I'm asking for. I'm asking for trouble here. I'm now a negative half a unit, two and four on the season. John is plus five point one nine units. He is four and two the season josh now with us tonight is four and two as well he's plus 2.24 units the chris you are at minus 0.29 so i am the most in the red i don't know if that's ever happened on the podcast in all the years we've been doing it so that's fun uh chris is two and three and the listeners got back on track last week they are now four and one for plus 4.72 units so yeah, the listeners went against us last week, too. They had Excel against Vitality. Don't we look stupid? And, it was the uh, crowny narrative. The crowny. The crowny narrative, too strong. So mm-hmm. on the season, we are up on the season. We are, you know, it's 28.8% ROI, plus 6.6 units in a 12 and 11 record. The average odds of a bet we've placed is plus 115. So that about does it. I know um, we've got some big stuff coming up. We've got episode 100. I keep talking like I'm going to have any plans that aren't John's story. But Do I, make sure to tune in next week for my story, by the way. I'm going to yeah. be telling my story next week. It's going to be super exciting. There's a lot of really exciting stuff in there. Mysterious. So, so we've got John's story. Any twists and turns on the story? Oh, yeah. Lots of twists and turns, ups and downs. It's, uh, it's like an Agatha Christie novel. <laughs> Are the downs as bad as Drew Brees throwing Ooh. footballs at you? Ooh. Dude, no, no we're beating up on a retired guy. This is so lame. <laughs> That's the best time to beat him up. He's not oh, in shape. No. <laughs> John's got to give it there. Someone's got it. It's all for like, you, John. Someone's just going to start sending pictures of Drew Brees with his family being happy. This <laughs> is like photoshopping John, like, raining on his parade. That'd I don't want to see a bunch of hostages. Poor Drew Brees' family. Who knows what what he's doing to oh keep them around? Oh my god, dude! We should have. Oh man, I don't know how dedicated the listenership is, but if anybody's got like specific memories or anything like that, I could go back and, and clip stuff. So if you have anything from like a certain episode or, or that you think is really really funny, feel free to uh, 
hit me up on Twitter or DM me on the Discord or whatever and just shoot me some of that stuff. Maybe I'll compile a little a little highlight reel of, of goofy stuff that we've done here on the podcast or sweet long shots that we've we've made. But we are gonna have to do something for episode one hundred. Maybe we'll do like a live show with a you know, bunch of people coming in or something like that. I don't know. I got I gotta I gotta think of something. It's only a few weeks away, but yeah. Um Alan First time on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, tell people where we can find you. Yeah, you can find me at Twitter at xghostrider90. Um, I don't have the biggest following. I tweet stuff about League of Legends, gaming stuff related. If you like talking video games, you can hit me up on there. Um, also, check out the Infinity Edge podcast over at the Esports Department. Our Thursday shows are free, so we'll be filming that tomorrow night, both LEC and LCS, to get you ready for the weekend. And if you guys feel like supporting us, uh, you can use the code IEDGE to get uh, 10% off the subscription of the esports department. Pretty great place to be. And the Discord's free. A lot of fun going on in there, too. Always the Discord is popping. It's awesome. Uh, anything else? I think it's time to get out of here. Yeah, nothing else for me, I don't think. Yeah, I think that's it. We'll, we'll we'll cut the sign off short this week. It ran a little bit long, but we've got all four leagues back in action next week. Obviously, check us out the esports department. And something I keep forgetting to mention because I'm dumb. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. For those that don't know, like, we are a smaller podcast. The viewership is growing, or listenership and viewership is growing. But any kind of just like, subscribes, retweets, uh, leaving a review on iTunes, like, pushes you up the ladder, the up the algorithm, and the more it, it makes you more and more visible the further you go up it. So, like, any little bit helps. And, like I said, I will read any and all reviews on the show live, good or bad. So if you need to dump on us, go for it. But I will read any and all reviews live on the show. And, yeah, just pitch in. If you, if you, if you didn't like it, let us know. If you did like it, same thing. But... Any any little bit helps, especially you know these smaller shows. Like we don't have, there's no like corporate sponsorship here. We're not on NPR radio or anything like that. So this is all us, all organic. You know, support your small businesses. <laughs> I guess it's like the other way to put it. So if you like it, just drop a like. Let your friends know. Share it on Twitter. Retweet stuff. So Drew Drew Brees has shorted the podcast, and the only way to stop him is to buy shares of the podcast. To- Put it back on them. Diamond <laughs> hands supporting the podcast. We're short, short, short squeezing the gold card pack. <laughs> Maybe the listeners would be inclined to leave reviews if you announced the pick of the week. Did you remember to do that? Yeah. Let us know. For sure. Oh, I didn't Did do the listener. I forgot to do the listener pick of the week. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's saying. <laughs> I totally forgot. So uh, we only have one nomination for listener pick of the week this week. Post, uh, this is partially my fault for putting it out 20 minutes before we went on, but... Big Kev, I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna call him Big Parlay Kev from now on. Uh, he's dropping a 14 point. This is what you're getting into if you don't submit a listener pick of the week. I love you, Kev, but this is what you're getting. I, I think Kev's just gonna start memeing and just dropping bad parlays until the other listeners start submitting good picks again. <laughs> so. He thinks it's good. No, this is a good parlay. He's defending it in the Discord. We are. Going to do a a betting 101 and a betting basics podcast where I will talk extensively about parlays. (laughs) However, that's for a different time. And I am prepping that, by the way. 
Shulka money line against SK, G2 money line against Astralis, Rogue money line against Misfits, and XL money line against Astralis is at plus 250. Good luck, listeners. Also, that's all I'll say. One of those is going to lose. One of them will lose. You know what, Kev? It is great. And you know what? We stream this live on Twitch when we record now, too, so you can you can check us out there as well. All right, that's enough. That's enough. This sign-off is taken. This sign-off slash, you know, ad read slash bullshitting has lasted long enough. I think it's uh, we've had a good show this week. Uh, good luck this weekend to everybody. Uh, for those of you dealing with all the weather and the cold and all that, stay safe, stay warm, and we will see you all next week. Good luck this week. See you later, everybody. Peace. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.